When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into an emergency edition of the CHGO Bears podcast on a Saturday afternoon. Bears got a defensive coordinator. We have the right people to break it down for you. Thanks for everybody jumping in with us today. I see we already got a big uh, audience on this show. Excited to talk about it. Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, and our guy, Corey Wooten, our teammate, the perfect guy to jump in here today and talk about the new defensive coordinator, Eric Washington guys, how are we doing? I am boot. I mean, you should leave this off, but I would just like to say that I'm super excited that the bears have hired a seasoned guy who has fantastic statistics with his defenses in both Buffalo and Carolina, who has a connection to Brian Burns, who would look sweet in a bears uniform, but more importantly has a connection to Corey Wooten, 2004 to 2007, Wildcat coach, <laughs> Woot, this is like full circle for you, my friend. We're, we're finally going to be able to get to the quarterback because, I, I mean, I don't know what you think about it. We haven't talked, but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you're as excited as I am with the, with the history here. Uh, I, I, I am excited. You know, he coached me at Northwestern from, from 05 to 07. Uh, then he left and was with the Bears as a defensive assistant for two years. And then he was there my first year for the Bears. He was the assistant defense, defensive line coach with Marinelli. And, um, yeah, just unbelievable person, unbelievable coach. He's learned from some great coaches like Rod Marinelli, who I think is the GOAT of D-line coaches, learned under him. Then he went to uh, with Ron Rivera, worked with him for years. Um, and then he's in, in Buffalo, and now he's back home. So it's, it, it's good to see him. Um, re- really, really love his coaching style. He holds people accountable, and I think that's something that the Bears need. They need to be held accountable, everybody. And he's a D-line specialist. So we're talking about the area of the defense that needs to greatly improve. I think that's the defensive line, and I think it was great hiring him because we do have Montez Sweat, but other than that, we don't really have any dominant defensive linemen. And I think this will be huge when we're talking about a year where the the Bears really need to beef up that defensive line. Who better to come than – Eric Washington to, to, to get in polls and Ibra Flus's ear to be like, hey, we really need to get this going on defensive line. So I think that'll accelerate this this offseason. And this will be the first year, I think, where they really solidify that defensive line. A quick shout out to our CHGO diehards who have already been discussing this all morning long in our uh, diehard discord lounge and uh, it's always a good place to get immediate reaction to even when we're not able to jump on the pod right away. But uh, we got everyone together. And like you heard there, Corey played under Eric Washington. So this is, uh, this is insight. You're not going to get anywhere else right now. Um, Just so we get the background, you know, fully on the table. So Eric Washington's 54 years old. He's been coaching in the league since 2010. Like Corey Woot said um, when he was uh, actually 20, I'm sorry, 2008 
was his first year with the Bears. It was 2010 when he became the D-line coach when he was coaching Woot. Um, and he went with Ron Rivera to Carolina. So, you know, he knows the scheme. He coached under him there. Ends up in Buffalo after that where he's been under Sean McDermott. Great place to be. Not only was the defensive line coach there, but also assistant head coach. So in terms of credentials and experience, in somewhat of a tricky thing that needed to be threaded here, with which we've talked about a little bit, with the idea that ideally you keep Matt Eberflus calling plays. So what type of D coordinators can you actually attract here to this job, knowing that they wouldn't get the play calling uh, duties? This is about as good as you can do, I think. I mean, you're getting an experienced guy that is technically getting a bump back up to defensive coordinator here, at least in terms of title, but is probably totally comfortable with working with the defense as a whole, probably specializing on the D-line at the same time and still allowing Matt Eberflus to call the plays. Just in terms of that, before we get into some of the specifics with you and him, I just think it's a really, really good fit. It's like you said, the, probably the best situation for the for the Bears because not many coordinators are going to want to give up the play calling duties. So I think it's it's a win win at that point. And especially like you said, he's really going to focus on the defensive line. And when we're looking at this Bears defense as a whole, what's the area that needs to improve the defensive line? And he's a proven guy that's learned under some great defensive line coaches. Um, you know, especially from the difference from when he coached me in, in college to then when I was with him in the Bears. And he got to learn under Rod Marinelli for a couple of years before I got there. And just the difference, like it's, it's iron sharpens iron, right? You learn from the best, you become the best. And I think that's what he's become. And talking to guys that have played with him over the years, they're like, oh, he's an amazing coach, how he's able to break down the technique, a hard worker, and just attention to detail and holding guys accountable. And in this league, that's how Rod Marinelli was, right? He hold, held everybody accountable. And I think that brings the best out of each player. And I think that's what Eric Washington is going to bring to the table. Um, oh, it looks like Carm froze there. Wow, look at that. That's that's uh that's the only way to get him to stop talking, I guess. <laughs> yeah, at least if, if at least it froze on his good side, I'll say that. You know, we we wouldn't want the other side there. He looks um, good. Yeah, nice he looks look. great. Now he's like, gone. I think our listeners are probably pretty happy, you know, yeah, right now with that contri- contribution. Um, that, that's what right, we well, need with Braggs too. We need to get we need to get him frozen because he he talks. Too yeah. Much, oh man, <laughs> if I had a freeze button, it would be it would be. Oh, great. here we go. Look at yeah, Braggs he, in the stands comment. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> of course. You know, he's at Disney on Ice with his family, which is a great thing to do on a Saturday. Um, and I'm sure they're having a great time, but of course he's just got to jump in here and, you know, whine about the money he had to spend on it. I'm sure. Hey, if you're talking Disney bucks, it ain't going to be cheap. I don't care what it is. Anything with anything with Disney in it, man, you better be willing to pay for that. Oh, uh, I went there last year, man. It was expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, uh, let's get into the nitty gritty then, uh, about your time with him. So, um, he was there at Northwestern with Fitz before Fitz got the head coaching job. He was coaching D line. Fitz was linebackers coach recruiting coordinator then. So he was there when all that happened. And then Fitz got the head coaching job. Um, And then eventually, you know, he leaves Northwestern because he gets an opportunity in the NFL with the bears. What um, you mentioned some of the differences and how he even grew as a coach from Northwestern to when you saw him at the bears, but just what were some of the things that, as a player 
made you gravitate towards him, respect him just as your position coach? Because as we all know, man, that position coach is sometimes more important than the head coach when you're a player on a team. I agree with you. And and I loved the, the fact that he held people accountable, right? When, when I was coming from, from uh, high school, right, I, I came from a program in New Jersey, Don Bosco Prep, where we put out a lot of college guys, and our high school coach ran it like a college program, right? Chew, chew you out when you messed up, held you accountable, and that's exactly what Eric Washington was. Uh, very military-like, um, and some guys, you, you know it is when you first get to college, when you're the stud in high school, you can't tolerate guys yelling at you. But I love the fact, I always thought that if a coach is yelling at you and he's holding you accountable, he cares about you. And ultimately, I think he cared about every guy there and he wanted the best out of you. And I could just see my improvement every year. And actually, I, I talked about this, uh, the, the meeting that I had with Coach Fitz in 07. I had that same meeting with Coach Washington before he left for the Bears. Oh. And that kind of fueled me for that next year. And that's when I had the breakout year at Northwestern. And he was just telling me, man, you're too talented to play like that. You know, you need to play better. You need to get better. And he, and he lit a fire into my ass. And, and I appreciate him and Coach Fitz for that. And then just seeing the difference, like obviously at Northwestern, we ran a scheme when he was there. It was a read and react scheme from a 4-3. Um, and when you talk about playing in a 4-3, that's one of the worst schemes you could do because that's, that's not the personnel. We didn't have 300, 315-pound defensive ends. We had guys that were 250 to 270, and we weren't running an attacking style. So I know people were, were kind of critical about, oh, well, the defensive line performance at Northwestern wasn't the greatest. Um, but ultimately, that was, that was out of his control, right? As a defensive line coach, you have to teach whatever scheme that coordinator wants. We had Greg Colby, um, nicest guy in the world, but that was a terrible scheme for a 4-3 uh, player. So, but I, I just see the difference from when Northwestern to the Bears learning under Rod Marinelli. And when I first got there, he was instru instrumental in, in just helping me understand the differences of that attacking style scheme, which, which was unbelievable. The hand usage, um, especially with defensive linemen, you know, being a mentor for someone like me that's in the league that's trying to figure out stuff. Because as a rookie, it doesn't matter um, your first rounder, fourth rounder, that stuff you did in college, that's, that stuff ain't going to work in the league. You know, you got, you're going against grown men that's got families and, and have great techniques. So just his progression over the years and um, just admire what he's been able to do and just, you know, the respect he has around the league. I think, I think people really respect what he's been able to do and, I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity for him. And I actually talked to him a couple months ago because uh, one, of, one of my friends, his friend that works at the Bills, we were golfing together in Jersey. And then Coach Washington called me. He's like, oh, you're with RJ. He was telling me, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was good to hear from him because it had been a while. And, uh, you know, I feel like he's somebody I've always, always looked up to. And uh, he was asking about the family and asking about his family. So he's a really, really – great guy, family man. And I think he's going to take the bears defense and defensive line uh, to, to the next level. All right. We'll bring Karn back into the conversation here. I do want to quickly follow up though. Uh, well, do you know, cause sometimes players know this, sometimes they, they don't, but do you know if your connection with him in college had anything to do with you getting drafted by the bears? Because I mean, the coaches don't draft the players, but they do get asked to, for input. They do get asked to look over film and, you know, and, yeah. and grade some of these guys. De definitely. Definitely. I think that connection there. 
and coming out of college, right. I was, I was very highly talented. Uh, my June, my true, uh, sorry, my true senior year, Richard junior year. Um, unfortunately had that ACL in the bowl game had to come back my senior year. So a lot of times I, I fell in the draft just because that senior year, when I came back, I wasn't the same player, but I, I definitely think Eric Washington vouched for me. It was like this, this guy, you know, is an absolute stud hard worker, you know, you, we need to take him, especially in this, in this fourth round. And, um, you know, I had, I had a connection with Lovey Smith. His son was across the hall from me at Northwestern. So I was at Lovey Smith's uh, son's wedding um, back when we were still in college, got to meet Lovey. And um, so there was definitely connections there. I think that allowed me to, to be drafted to the bears. And I think it was the perfect scenario, you know, playing in that Tampa two scheme is, is one of the best. And, you know, unfortunately my first two years, didn't really contribute as much as I wanted to, but in that third year, 2012, that's that's when I had my breakout season and was was able to start opposite Peppers, and that's when we had that top five defense. And um, yeah, so I think I think that connection there um, definitely w- was instrumental in getting me drafted to the Bears. Uh, my- We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. My apologies on the internet connection over here. I love hearing the connection that he, no pun intended, that he has with players, you specifically, Woot. And I'm not sure if you guys underline this, but look, the Bears passing defense, 25th in the NFL last year, 237.8 yards allowed per game. Their sack rate was the worst in the NFL. So outside of just connecting with guys, Woot, could you – and I don't think I'm hoping you haven't covered this yet, but can you bottom line what he does well to help guys get better? All about the hand usage and get off. And, and that's something that we've been talking about, especially with a guy like Jervon Dexter. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be surprised if Eric Washington gets him going this year, because wow. that's what he's known for. I remember my first year in the bears and being able, being able to transition right from the beginning of the season really wasn't playing a role my rookie year. And then towards the end of the season was the third guy rotating with with Peppers and Adonage and, and really being an integral part of that rotation. He helped me out tremendously, right, in my ear after practice, before practice. And I think that's what he's going to do for a guy like Jervon Dexter. He has all the tools in the world, right? Sometimes are his hands outside. Sometimes is he high. Sometimes he's not getting off the ball. Those are all the things that Eric Washington can work with him. And I think he's going to look at his tape and say, Imagine what I can do, what I've been saying this whole time. Imagine what I can do with a guy like Jervon Dexter when he gets off the football, when he really works on his hands, when he works on his pass rush, what what type of player he could be. So I think when you're talking about development, you know, a guy like Pickens as well, maybe even a guy like Dom Rob, that we just really haven't seen the progression from year one to year two. 
a lot of times at year two to year three for guys that really haven't proven themselves, this is a huge year because you know at this point, you know the first two years they wanted to see what you can do. The third year, hey, if, if you're not bringing it in training camp, you're not showing your value, you're going to be gone. So this could be an inch, like a critical year for a guy like Dom Rob to for, for a guy like Eric Washington to really help with his development. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, and Carm, you talked about the pass rush. That's something that Eric Washington brings to the table, being able to develop these pass rushers. His last year in Carolina was Brian Burns' first year. And he coached another guy, Mario Addison, that was with me in in Chicago. Uh, Hulk, I don't know if you remember, he's undrafted free agent. Yeah. Unbelievable quickness. Um, you know, very raw talent came out of Troy. And Eric Washington helped take his game to the next level. And he ended up getting paid two, two contracts, one in Carolina and then followed him in Buffalo and ended up being a really underrated pass rusher in this league. So he's been able to develop a lot of a lot of young pass rushers and turn them into forces in this league. So looking forward to seeing what he can do with, with two of our own homegrown grown talent in Javon Dexter and um, uh, Dom Rob. I find the whole thing interesting that he wanted to or was willing to leave Buffalo to come here. I'm assuming that that, I mean, Hogue, what's your read on that? It's a, a money situation and opportunity. I, I'm assuming it's a combination, but that's a, it's a big time endorsement of coming to Chicago and being on this staff, which, you know, some could look at it like you go one way or the other. Yeah. And, and um, you know, that it, I don't know the ins and outs of the Buffalo situation right now. Obviously they're looking for a defensive coordinator right now. So if you're, you know, going to be cynical about this you might ask well why wasn't he just getting that job in, in buffalo um i do know that there's what i do know about the buffalo situation going back to last year is there's been some drama there behind the scenes i mean uh L leslie frazier left in, in you know there was whispers at the combine last year that sean mcdermott was just sort of a hard guy to sometimes work for um i think he's respected but you know i, I that's sometimes i think that can create a little bit of a power struggle within the coaching staff. So I don't know enough about the ins and outs there. Um, but technically from, um, I mean, you can quibble with the idea of assistant head coach title, um, but he's the defense coordinator now. So it's a, it's a promotion. Um, and, you know, sometimes coaches just realize that, they're not going to be promoted any further than they will at the spot that they're in. And it's time for change. So I'm, I'm guessing there's something to do with that. One other aspect of this I like is um, both he and John Hoke were on the bear staff together. And one of my questions here was if the bears didn't promote from within, which I think, there was already a tell tell sign they might not be promoting from within because they didn't just do that during the season. That would have been a very obvious thing to do is just, you know, bump somebody up in the middle of the season. They didn't do that, which left them more of an out in the off season to go out and get another defense coordinator from the outside. But at least in this situation with John Hoke, who, as far as we know, is still the passing game coordinator has that part of his title. Um, there should be some chemistry there. There should be some history there of them working together. Um, and so I like that aspect of it too. Would a lot of people are getting excited about Chris Harris. I don't want to have you pit one guy against another that you, that you know, but like as far as fit goes, how do you think this one is better? Maybe how the bears bottom line picking yeah. Harris. Defensive line. That, that's the key to this defense, right? Yeah. We, we, we talked about it. 
the defensive line is the missing link to taking this team to a top five defense. I, I really, I really do believe that. And I think this was the perfect guy for the job, especially when you're talking about not having the play calling duties. And that's something that a lot of people don't want to give up. So it's the perfect situation because Eberflus, the way he turned around this defense in the second half of the season, they were playing extremely lights out and they were arguably one of the best defenses in the league, despite not having a great pass rush. So when we're talking about development. It's all about the pass rush and defensive line this season. And I think it's the perfect situation because the linebacking core was playing lights out throughout the season. Secondary was on a different level. Hopefully they can work out everything with Jalen Johnson. But I think now what, what I've been preaching this whole time is the defensive line, the trenches are such a critical part of a team success. And this defense I guarantee it that they'll address both of those that end position opposite Montez Sweat and three technique. And once they do that, this Bears defense is going to be a scary team. And I just love the the, the fact that Eric Washington is, is a great developer of talent. And if he can get a Dom Rob, that would be great if he can develop him. But I think I'm, I'm more intrigued about Jervon Dexter because he's yeah. been able to make an impact without getting off the football, with doing everything sometimes with your technique and still being able to be effective. So imagine if, if Eric Washington can get with him. I, I guarantee it from the minute he gets there, they're going to be working on all those get-off pad-level hands. He's going to hold him accountable. He's going to push him, and he's going to make him the best version of himself he could be. How long I mean, of a process? How long, how long of a process is that? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it just depends. Um, you know, honestly, I think by training camp of the season, I think we can see a major improvement for Jervon Dexter. And if he could just get off the football and work his pad level, his hands will come, right? That's something that you could work on. But the get off and the pad level, I think those are the two things that I want to see from him this offseason. And if he could do that, especially in this Tampa 2 scheme, getting off the football, um, when we talk about a guy like that's bigger than Chris Jones, just as quick could be very scary. Yeah. I'm, I'm already like picturing in my brain right now, excitement of the first day the pads go on at practice to, you know, in training camp to, to get an idea of what that get off looks like. Like we'll, we'll get it a little bit, no TAs, but that's really when he's going to, you know, get on the ground with Eric Washington to practice this stuff. It's going to be when they really get in those one-on-one drills at training oh, yeah. camp with the pads on where you're going to really see if a difference was made. And, and I think we'll know relatively quickly because that's one of the things with Jervon Dexter. That's not been hard to spot. You can see it on tape. You saw it on his college film. You can look at any game from the right angle and you can see who's getting off the ball fast and who's not. It's one of the most obvious things you can see on right. tape. And, and from from my time at Northwestern, that's something that Coach Washington, regardless if we were in that read and react scheme, he taught me about getting off the football. And since the beginning of my college career, that's something I've always done well. Even from my time at the Bears, I always tried to be the first person off the ball. Right? I had a, I had a great, you know, first step quickness. I wasn't the fastest guy in the world, but I always tried to be the first person off the ball because I think that's the key in defensive line. And that's something that he taught me. Um, you know, from what I first got at Northwestern. So I, I am excited. Um, I'm chomping at the bit to see what he can do with Jervon Dexter. I, I really am because that could be scary. He could be um, one of those guys when you look at a double-digit sack guy that 
terrorizes opposing offenses at 6'6", 315 to 320 with that type of quickness and strength. Once he gets the get off, that's going to be the key to see. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I got to tell you, to both flus, throw poles in there too. You've got a staff that could be looked at as, you know, perhaps if the Bears don't do well this year on the way out, they, they out, go out and get a, a, an offensive coordinator in Shane Waldron that was sought after at least by one of the team, maybe more. You're getting a, a seasoned, productive, proven coach to be your DC, not call plays. Uh, if, if all reports are right, I'm also happy that Matt Eberflus is keeping that duty because he's proven that he A, likes it and B, is good at it. Maybe those should be flipped the way I just said it. Um, you know, the quarterback's coach, I would have loved some seasoned dude coming in here, like the QB guru. That was more of a roll of the dice, it feels like. Maybe they got it right, maybe they didn't, and, and that would suck if they didn't get it right. But, but I mean, at, at bare minimum, it, it does feel like they're having uh, two out of three and a pretty damn good start to the offseason as far as revamping the coaching staff. Exactly. One, one, last, one last thing. Um, so with Eric Washington, he's very old school. He's, he's just like Marinelli. And what I love, especially for the young guys that are trying to develop, he's going to be on their ass. I mean, that's as simple as that. And that's what you need, especially when you're a young guy developing and growing this league. And I, that's something that, like, Eric Washington does that Marinelli did with me. You know, my first two years didn't do anything at all, like, to be honest with you. And then in that third year, the whole offseason, he was on me, you know, like holding me accountable. And it brought out the best of me. And I think that's that's the mark of great coaches, those old school coaches. Like nowadays, it's tough to yell at people and hold them accountable. But I think there is a lost art in that because I think I think it makes makes these young players men. It, it hardens them. It allows them to to reach their their greatest potential. And I think that's what he's going to do across the board with those young guys. I, I, one thing on that, Hogue, that I just love, I want to underline. Look, the, Poles has brought in guys first class in character. You can all over the place here. Mm-hmm. And Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens, we, we, I've talked to them both of them a bunch of times. These are first class guys who want it really bad. So to Woot's point, somebody's you know getting under them and, and lighting the fire. I don't think they're running from. I think they're embracing it. So hopefully, you know that combination works out huge for the Bears. You, you know, one thing I like too about this is. I do like coaches that have a system that they believe in, you know, that they were have a lot of experience in, but sometimes I get worried when they've only been in that, you know, that they're just too like, like, I think that's somewhat of a, I I mean, we don't have to go back to Matt Nagy, but that was kind of like, okay, well, this is all Matt Nagy knows. He's just done this offense the whole time. In this case, I love the fact that Washington went to Buffalo too. Like, yeah, there's similarities, but like it, it's, it's a totally different experience. It's different coaches, um, you know, being, getting that experience under Sean McDermott on top of it. Now he comes back to a place he's familiar with. That's running a similar scheme as when the last time he was here. But the one thing I will say about Flus that I think he's backed up, you know, from the day Matty Rufus walked in there, I remember talking to him in his one when I had a one-on-one interview with him right after he got hired. And one of my biggest questions was like, okay, the Tampa two was great, but it seems to be a little bit outdated in today's NFL. How set are you in that in those ways, or can you adapt? And I think we've seen an ability to throw wrinkles in there, to throw get creative. Uh, and we saw that especially pick up 
after he took over the play calling duties last last season. So that uh, he's he's backed up that talk with action, and now he's bringing in a coordinator that's seen a lot now in the NFL, but knows the principles of this defense too, and how to teach it up front on the D line specifically. So that has me fired up and hearing you talk about it too. And just your experience with them. I think you got our chat and our listeners and our viewers here fired up too. Yeah. I I think, you know, one last thing is, is I'm really excited for, for this season defensively because, you know, I'm a big believer in defense when championships, obviously we got to figure out everything on offense, get them to the next level. But just the way they finished the season defensively without two critical pieces on the defensive line, it's going to be really fun when they address both of those positions with absolute studs in there with Eric Washington in there really developing them because he's going to be all over the place. But his thing is he's going to focus on the defensive line, similar to what Rod Marinelli did when I was there. Right. He was the defensive coordinator. But what did he focus on, Hogue? Every time we had we had, um, you know, position drills, everything. Rod Marinelli was with us. And that's what we're going to see with Eric Washington. And he's going to take this defensive line to where it needs to be because we're talking about rating rating the position groups, right? Linebackers were playing at an A level towards the end of the season. You know, yeah. secondary was playing at an A level. You know, defensive line, you know, they were they were C plus, B minus at times, right? Montez Sweat played well, but as a whole, pass rush wins in this league and that's the area right rush defense the bears improved they were they were number one pass uh rush defense right but as far as pass rush they were they were towards the end of it sack numbers and this year imagine with that same defense and the sack numbers are way up with those studs over there i think i think it's a scary situation you know either way we, we talk about you know sort of blue in the face about the offense situation offense is going to improve whether they keep Caleb Williams or whoever or Justin Fields is going to be improvement but the defense I'm most excited about because that's what wins championships and building a strong defense that's why I think San Francisco has a great chance to win it all because of that defensive line and Eric Washington is similar to a guy like Chris Korosek that coached me in Detroit that's now San Francisco's defensive line coach, old school, chew you out, learned under Jim Washburn, just like Eric Washington learned under Rod Marinelli. So I'm telling you, he's going to hold these guys accountable, and we're not going to see any loafing. We're not going to see guys not running to the football. We're going to see a different defensive line this year, and I'm really excited. They'll probably be the most improved unit uh, throughout the league. Wow. I, I, I'm sure of this. That's one awesome. one one comment from Everflus, and I, you just underlined, I think, that he can do all of this on what he was looking for, for a DC quote can be in front of the room when I'm not in there, when I'm with the offense or preparing for something else, working in other areas of the building. And you're shaking your head. Yes. Well, that you feel like he absolutely can do that. Yeah. Well, 100%. I mean, he's done it. He's, he's, been, been proven as a, as a defensive coordinator. He has experience under some great coaches. So that's what you want, because obviously Iberflus is going to call the plays, but, Eric Washington is going to be the one to relay everything when, yeah, he can't be with the defense at that point. I think it's like the best case scenario for the Bears right now. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And, um, you know, I, I reached out to him and looking forward to talking to him. And who knows, maybe we can get him on the show here. Um, I was yeah. going to say, that'd be a great get if we can get it done. Exactly. So, uh, hey, before we get out of here, we'll, uh, Lions 49ers, your guy, Kyle Shanahan, what do you think tomorrow? Yeah, I, I, I think I think I think they're gonna win it, right? Uh, last week, I, I'm worried of teams after a bye week because it, it, you think the Lions are gonna win or the 49ers. 
No, no, I think the 49ers are going to win. Okay. I think the, I think the 49ers are going to win this one. I think their defensive line is too dominant. Um, you know, I think they're going to bounce back. They kind of had an okay performance against Green Bay, but I, I think uh, they're going to take the next step, get to the Super Bowl, and, and uh, I think they got a chance to win it all, um, depending on who, who their opponent is. So um, what do you guys got on that one? I, 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 I like the lions to cover. I'm going to say that. I, I think they keep it close. <laughs> I think that, I think Dan Campbell's got those guys believing mm-hmm. and I just need to know what's up with Debo, you know, like how much he can, um, cause did we get an update on that? I was out, I was out he's, last night. Dude. He, he's playing, but there's a lot of uh, Debo decoy talk going on. Yeah, I, there. I, yeah. I, And they're different when they don't have him, but even if he's yeah. a decoy, that's effective for the rest of yep. the weapons they have. In fact, I think that's the problem is when he's just off the field, it just changes the dynamic of, you know, how you defend, you know, the rest of the guys out there that you got to worry about. Um, so if Debo's, I don't know. Let's say at least 70%. I probably like the 49ers to win, but if he's not effective out there, Wood, it would not shock me if we see the Lions in the Super Bowl. I, I just don't think Detroit, where, where they struggle, right, is their pass defense, right? Aiden Hutchinson has done a great job generating pressure, but when he's one-on-one on Trent Williams, Trent Williams is shut down, right? He's going to have to attack that right tackle. Uh, I just don't buy uh, Detroit's secondary. And I know Shanahan is a brilliant offensive mind, even despite sometimes I don't like his arrogance. And, you know, we, we had that little tiff last year when he tried to call me out. He is a, he is an offensive genius. And I think he learned his lesson a couple times, right? That Atlanta game, some of these other games where we try to get too cute, do what's working, be able, be able to script for success and get that going. So, you know, I look for, I look for them to go pretty big against Detroit. I think it's been a great story but I think uh, Shanahan's going to out, out game plan them. And I think that defensive line is just going to be too much uh, for Detroit's offense. We know. Don't call Woot out. Don't call Woot <laughs> out. What are you doing? I almost had the score right, too. <laughs> See, this is what Braggs hasn't learned. You know, he, he, he just – look at it. Right there. Right on time. Like, yeah. I didn't even know that was coming, but there it is, the comments. Braggs in yeah. the stands, yeah. $2.00. You know, usually we give five, but he has to spend all that money on Disney today. So now it's only a $2 super chat yeah. saying some great insights from Mr. Spaghetti Arms. You, you know what? He should he should take that super chat money and, and put it in the fund and donate for some TRT or synthol because he needs to ingest something in those arms because those are weak. <laughs> Bro, my eight-year-old daughter's got more of a peak on her bicep than him. It's embarrassing. Like, he's got, like, one of those cartoon stick figure bodies where he's, like, it's like a big body but, like, skinny arms. I'm like, bro, what is going on right here, you know? <laughs> and he was like, oh, how big your arms are? I'm like, oh, you know, 23 or 24 inches, and I'm not talking about rims. And, uh, yeah, Braggs is rolling on, like, 13s or something. I, I don't know. But it's it's sad, you know. He's been the only guy in history. It's like usually like people flex or, you know, maybe they're on the treadmill sweating and then they do it. He just does a selfie like at, at the gym, no sweat, no nothing. Like, how do you even know he got a workout in? Like, yeah, you know. he, he, he didn't. And by the way, for somebody who laid bricks for however many years he did, no one's ever been less fit than as, <laughs> doing physical labor every day and, and you would think he'd be a mountain like like wood but you know i mean yeah. i'm not saying that i could take him out i'll be clear but but uh i mean like you would think the guy would have an impressive physique doing what he's done yeah not, but just you know it just hasn't gone that way for gregory p allen braggs <laughs> hey, uh, he's got to get back on the brick juice man that's the problem yep. He's getting yeah. away. He's getting away from his identity. Uh, real quick, Karma, $20 super chat here from the Duke. I'm happy with the coaching moves, but obviously results will determine quality of the hires. Let's talk about something more important. Punter. 
I felt like too often this year, what should have been a pin was a touchback. Well, this is not a punter emergency pod, but um, I, it is a position at some point this offseason we do need to discuss because I, w- I am curious if the Bears will at least, uh, you know, look for competition there at that position. Listen, if you're keeping Matt Eberflus, you can keep Trenton Gill. There's enough in that. There's enough talent in that tank to give Gill another spin at it. I know it wasn't his best season, but I'm a Trenton Gill guy, Duke. So yeah. let's not go there. Hey, do you guys do you have something else before we get out of here? I just have one question. Do you think they're bringing in anybody else from the Bills with Eric? I mean, you've John Hoke obviously is is still here. Your your cornerbacks coach, mm. passing game coordinator, Travis Smith, uh, Dave Borgonzi, Andre Curtis still in the room. But do you think anybody else is coming? No, I, I don't think so. I think they'll probably try to keep some of those Ron Rivera disciples, maybe Smith disciples, maybe somebody that has the familiarity with that Tampa. Um, I think they'll try to keep it uh, pretty pretty similar to far as as far as that goes. So I, I don't see anybody else from uh, the Bills probably coming over here. Yeah, they don't really have any openings either. I mean, they're they're. Um that they, they really just had to replace Alan Williams. So and then you see coaching shuffling, you see guys, you know, sneak out the door here and there. So it, 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 there's still coaching staffs to be filled to across the league. There's still two head coach openings. So there's still going to be some movement here. And a lot of that happens at, you know, the East West shrine game um, and the senior bowl next week. So um, there, there still could be some coaching movement. We will obviously keep Qu- track of all that question for you guys real quick. How would you guys feel about having uh Danielle Hunter and Johnny Newton next year for, for the <laughs> Chicago Bears defense. How 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 would you like those apples right there? I, I I would be excited about that. That's that would be a dream list right there for me. Yeah, I mean Daniel Hunter, he proved himself this year. And exactly. He's still only see. what, 28, 29 years old. So yeah, and opposite Montez Sweat, that's uh that's a pretty good duo. Exactly. And then Johnny Newton up there, a three technique causing chaos and Javon Dexter getting to the mm-hmm. next level. Imagine that rush package NASCAR. Woo-hoo! You, 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 you literally turned this Saturday emergency Eric Williams pod into a Super Bowl pre-party here. Woo, Eric Washington, I, I, Eric Washington, not Williams. You're thinking of the basketball I said, player. I did, that's a bad, that's a bad. Come on, Carl. Come on, Carl. That wasn't me. That was somebody else. Okay. Eric Washington, my guy. 54 years old, Bears DC. Let's go, former Wildcat. Exactly. I, I, but the bottom line is, I think you created a Super Bowl pre-party here. Where you got people excited. You got me excited. You got Hogan excited. Look at how happy Hogan is on this. At least on defense. See, we don't get to talk about defense. We're quarterback, quarterback all the time. This is a defensive pod. That's why we brought the master in, yeah. Cord Wooten. Yeah, guys. But de- defense is such a critical part of this. Like all majority of these teams that are making a push um you, you look at you look at Baltimore you look at San Francisco they they have the most dominant defenses and I think that will ultimately be the the matchup in the Super Bowl um defense goes a long way obviously you have that offense that can put up points that can maintain drives get things going but I think the defense is especially with, with this whether it's Caleb Williams or Justin Fields adapting to this coordinator right it's, it's going to take a little bit of time to get things going. And I think you have to rely on a great defense, whatever quarterback is in that situation. I think it's going to give whatever quarterbacks in there a little bit more confidence, right? You could take some shots. You could make some things happen right here because you know, you got the defense defense has got your back. Make sure you're following Corey on Twitter at Corey Wooten. Uh, I know he's got a tweet up about the hire there as well. Lots of good stuff. Um, you should also be following Nick. We got Nick down at the East West Shrine Bowl uh, covering practices right now. He's got some videos up from practice today. He talked to uh, uh, Borgonzi 
out there as well. So there's uh, we got you covered all weekend long. Want to make you got something else, Carm? No, I just gonna throw in there a great decision to support the channel and get yourself even further value is by to become a diehard. All chgo.com as you see it in the in the corner. We uh, you know, first of all, the the content and also the Discord and also the events and also the merchandise. Try to give you know, you become a diehard, you get the eight times the value and we appreciate it to the end of the earth you supporting us and by the way hit the subscribe button too so you know that when the emergency pods are happening we got uh hopefully some new people entered today hit that subscribe button we are here monday through friday at noon and then pre and post games and then anything breaks we will we will come back from a third grade basketball coaching experience we will find a replacement for somebody who's going to disney on ice we will hit up a former bear uh who's a huge part of this team who's led us today to victory to give you the information that you need So hit that subscribe button and um, I'll be here too. I'll just, I'll just say one, one, one thing, uh, Chicago bears fans are the best and got people that are tuning in, you know, whether you're diehard or not share, share this info to friends because there is no other fan base like Chicago. They're giving you content five, six, six days a week, you know, sometimes eight, depending on emergency pods, they give you all the content, all the updates. It, it's awesome working with these guys. Um, there's nothing more refreshing than knowing guys that that know about football, able able to talk about it, and uh, you know, especially you know, been in the media to understand how things go. Um, so yeah, tune in, share it with friends, and let's continue making this thing grow. And and football, the NFL is the best sport out there. Basketball, you know, f- baseball is cool. But there ain't no sport like football. It's religion. And, you know, how, how how often do you get to talk about football and you get all these subscribers, you get all these views in the off season now for the Bears. So football is the best sport known to man. So and we're giving you from the best franchise, best fans out there, Chicago Bears content eight times a week sometimes. So let's get it. Woot, I'm not quibbling with anything you just said, but I am sending you a uh... – a Southwest Airlines ticket to get you to Welsh Ryan Arena tonight. Huge game. <laughs> Cats, Buckeyes. Let's go, Chris Collins. Let's represent the purple, baby. It's a purple out. And hey, that Illinois awesome. game, the Illinois game there tonight looked awesome. I mean, it that was, looked it, it was phenomenal, a sweet win, man. Wait, Carl, where'd you go to school again? I went to Iowa, buddy, but that's fine. You can underline that. I'm a Hawkeye. It's just that's all true. And I and I if I could do it again, I'd go back there because I had such a great experience. Well, but well, you, you know what the entrance exam is at Iowa? Oh, here it comes. All, all you gotta do is be able to do that I O W A chant they do. That's it. Yeah. As long as you can do that, it's fine. You're in. Man, so so Bragg's could have got in there, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's idiots out wandering around and we embrace that. Listen, I Iowa City's a great town and I had a great time and you know my focus could have been a little bit greater in the classroom. I'll acknowledge all of that. But I grew up close 20 minutes from Evanston, rooting for the cats, rooting for you, Woot. So it's all that's in the heart forever. That's hey, the way it is I, for me. I appreciate that, Carm. <laughs> hey, Woot, we love calling you a teammate here. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm fired up for the football tomorrow. Cannot wait. The diehard voice chat is a great place to be during the games tomorrow. I'll be popping in there at some point. We'll have uh, Braggs in there. And, we'll, you know, uh, it's there, there for you guys. It's there for you guys to be in the whole time. We'll pop in here and there when we can. And then, of course, we'll be back on Monday with a brand new edition of the CHGO Bears podcast at noon. 
fired up to talk about that. Got some more on Justin Fields on Monday. I want to talk about as well as reviewing some of our predictions from the uh, beginning of the season that we haven't had a chance to get to because there's been so much news. So got a great show coming up Monday. Uh, appreciate you all being here for this emergency podcast. As always, Corey was outstanding with his knowledge of Eric Washington, the Bears' new defensive coordinator. Thanks so much for everybody watching, listening. Please share the pod with a Bears fan that you know and love. We're here for you throughout the most important offseason in Bears history. So don't go anywhere. We will talk to you on Monday at noon. Y'all silly like the mayor. 